Welcome to the first ever Hymns Tournament analysis. Like first ever Hymns Tournament that I know of that's ever even existed. And then this is, of course, the first ever analysis of said Hymn Tournament. We have with us in the studio today uh, one Dustin Garrett from Peoria, Illinois. That's where you are, right? Peoria? Yeah, it's great to be with you, Jeremy. I'm really excited about analyzing these hymns today. It, it, it's exciting. I mean, out there, things are happening, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys about these. Great. And Stephen Duncan in Louisville area of Kentucky. Is that right? That is correct. I'm just excited to be here. And you two are music men. You lead music uh, on occasion or regularly in churches and elsewhere. That's why you're here to discuss some of the interesting things that are going on in our tournament today. We have some close matchups in the first round. If you guys don't know about this, make sure you are connected to the Do Theology Facebook page where you can vote on these matchups where we have great hymns of old matching up against one another. You can scroll down on the page, find out how to vote there and participate and share. That would be great. But as we look at some of these matchups that are going on, we have some really close ones. One of them in particular is the great old hymn, Just As I Am, that's up against Wonderful Grace of Jesus. And right now it is tied 56 to 56. It actually just wow. got tied in the moments leading up to me saying that. Uh, how, how can we break this down, Dustin? When you, when you think of these two songs, they're very different songs, aren't they? Uh, they are. I mean, a wonderful matchless grace of Jesus. I mean, when you think about this song, it's kind of has a bouncy feel to it. Uh, historically, this has been done uh, uh, quite a bit in quartets. Very, I mean, if we we're talking quartet uh, tournament here, this one would shine right through. Um, but uh, just as I am, mm, we're talking, we have the word I in there. So people <laughs> like those songs. So I wouldn't be surprised if that one ends up winning out um and, and people like to come just as they are uh, two great songs though but uh very different i'm i'm gonna go ahead and predict just as i am we'll pull out though uh, the win steven yeah so i think as i'm looking at these two dustin makes a really good point on wonderful grace of jesus has a definitely a definite bounce to it they're both they're both wonderful very grace of you can literally oh, bounce you can't. Uh, <laughs> it slaps. That one slaps. I feel like these are both very similar in sort of the era and the style that they're done, though. So I feel like people who are who know both of these songs, they would have both been done kind of the same way traditionally uh, all through. And I think I think Wonderful Grace of Jesus, just because of that more up tempo bounce, it might actually have a shot at the upset. Um, mm. Just as I am, it might depend on how many Baptist listeners you have. Mm, I was going to say, Billy Graham uh, could really push this one over the edge here. Um, he made this song quite famous uh, mm -hmm. with the Crusades that he was. Uh, and, and Stephen, you come from fundamental circles, so you're used to hearing mm -hmm. this song on repeat as everyone waits at the altar. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, just yep. loop that. I mean, there's got to be another verse in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, no, there's at least 10 to 12. I, I feel like... <laughs> Wonderful Grace of Jesus. It, it was one of those songs that if we ever had like a favorites night of hymns, I was always hoping that someone would pick that or I would be picking that because it was one of the fun ones. When you get to just as I am, you're just you're just praying that whoever is leading is like, okay, we're going to do verses one, three and five. Because if they don't, you're just 
you're in it for 20 minutes. You are. You're deep in there. Now, the, here's the thing I would say, though, is that Wonderful Grace of Jesus is particularly hard for a band to play. Uh, it's more of a piano yeah. hymn. And so I can I can bring just as I am with a, a band pretty easily. Wonderful Grace of Jesus. I need a powerful piano player in order to pull that off. That's very that's a not, good point. Not to mention the stretching of the vocal cords as you get to that final point in the chorus. Another one of our great matchups that we have going on right now is Jesus paid it all versus when I survey the wondrous cross. Both of these songs, again, are similar in theme. What's the analysis that we have here between these two great hymns of the faith? Stephen, you're up. So I, I think this is interesting because both of these have had a fair amount of modern sort of reboots and retoolings as well. And I think you have to take right. that into consideration. So this isn't just something that you had to have grown up with or be exposed to in church because they've been redone and retooled even younger more modern audiences know both of these songs in one form or another um this is tight i'm really surprised that there's this spread between four and 13 because mm -hmm. they are similar but i feel like they're neck and neck um especially in modern popularity i would tend to I would tend to go with the high seed on this one. Um, as I think about it, I think you can you can get to a more like powerful climax to Jesus Paid It All, depending on how it's arranged, how your band plays it. Um, I think I, I think you can get to a higher peak with Jesus Paid It All. It it has a more emotional resonance, whereas when I survey the Wondrous Cross, kind of keeps an even uh, feel all the way through. Now, what's interesting is that uh, the 13th seed is when I survey the wondrous cross. And right now it's just winning by one over Jesus paid it all. It's 53 wow. to 52. And one person voted not with a like or a love, but with a care uh, emoji reaction, meaning apparently he couldn't decide. So it's just as close as our last matchup. What do you think, Dustin? Wow. I mean, I am just shocked that we're even where we are here. Um, yeah, to me, Jesus paid it all really seems like it would be the clear winner, especially with the verse that talks about the leper spots, which most kids um, actually interpret as leopard spots, which Correct. has made it very, very endearing. Um, but what other song thing, mentions a leper anyway? I mean, there I, I mean I, I've, I've heard a kid say this is his favorite song because it has leopards in it. Um, and so that, that could be ultimately what pushes it through. But I mean, they're both they're both good. Here's the thing. They're both good response songs. Um, but uh, when I survey the Wonders Cross is also a really good opening song. So as far as functionality in the church, uh, I mean, I've used uh, when I survey as an opening song, but also there's that line in it um, uh, uh, at the very end uh, when it says, um, uh, my life, my all. And so there's a similar theme here that you're, you, Jesus paid it all, so I'm giving my all. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, but I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Jesus paid it all because, like Stephen said, of the of the real deep emotional resonance that this song mm. seems to have. Now, to jump off a point that you just mentioned, I, I think Jesus paid it all as a closer. And like you said, when I survey the wondrous cross is an opener. So you kind of have a really great fourth quarter team versus a really great first quarter team. Ooh. True. That's that's a really good point there, Stephen. Really good point. Now, of course, our top seeds are all performing really well, the one, two, and three seeds. We have It Is Well 
winning 125 to 41 over the church's one foundation. Come Thou Fount is winning 126 to five over Worthy of Worship. Blessed Assurance, 124 to five over Heaven Came Down. And Holy, Holy, Holy Mackerel, 129 to seven over All the Way My Savior Leads Me. So that's really no surprise. But what has surprised me is the love of God, which has that great, is it the, the third verse, every stock on earth, a quill, sky apart. What a verse. What a verse. One of the best verses ever written, perhaps in all of Christian history. It's losing right now, 63 to 59, to There is a Redeemer, a more modern hymn written by Melody Green, uh, of the wife of the late Keith Green. So uh, what do we make of this, guys? Wow, Stephen, I'm gonna let you jump in. I got some thoughts, but yeah, I'd love to hear yours first. Well, I, I think this could be I think this could be a, an answer of just exposure. I think that especially modern on, audiences are going to be way more familiar with there is a redeemer, uh, the love of God. I don't see that one being done very much at all in churches anymore. Um, I don't actually even remember the last time I heard this one done in a church. It's been it's been a while. Um, so I think there's, there's a good amount to it. That's just, I think more people know there is a redeemer and it is, it's a good song. It's, you know, it's easy to sing. Um, it's got great lyrics to it and it's simple. Um, you can, there's a lot in there, but it's, it's simple to kind of get into, uh, if you're, if you're just in a congregation of people, it, it directs your thoughts well, um, so I, I, I do think this matchup ends up boiling down to just more people knowing there is a redeemer. Good thoughts. Good thoughts there. Um, I mean, if you would come to my church or Stephen, you would hear the love of God rocked <laughs> on a pretty good rotation. I love that song. I, and particularly, you can kind of see when we get to that third verse, uh, people really go, oh, this is that song. And, I, and so I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I, I'd be, I'd be, willing to say that a lot of people maybe aren't putting together uh, what this song is. And so they say, oh, the love of God, I'm not sure I, I recall that song. But it's, like you said, Jeremy, there, as soon as you would uh, indicate that third verse, they would be like, oh, and I can actually see people out there smiling at this verse, at the, the picture that it paints. Now, the other mm -hmm. two verses that we normally sing of this song um, are pretty deep. They're talking about Adam's race and, and some things that we're talking about angels in this song. Um, it's a great song, though. Uh, they both are declarative in nature. Uh, it's pretty much they're, they're declaring a truth. So there is a redeemer. There is love of God. And so I, I think it's a good matchup in that um, they, they both are declarative in that nature. Um, but what there is a redeemer has is that thank you, oh, my father. Uh, there's a lot of song, there's a lot of need uh, in our services for response of thanks. And so what's interesting about there's a redeemer is that it starts off declarative. There's a redeemer, Jesus, God's own son. And then it switches in the chorus to vertical. Mm. Thank you, oh my father, which mo there's not a lot of songs that do that, that they either usually choose one track or the other, one lane or the other. So I think people kind of like that, you know, um, and I wouldn't be surprised, though, like you said, if it was, uh, if there's Redeemer did pull through, um, like you said, because that melody starts to kind of crank up as soon as, as soon as you read those words. Mm. And let's not forget the love of God performed in a more modern rendition by Mercy Me, as our contemporary Christian music fans will be aware from the mm. early 2000s.
Another mm-hmm. matchup that is on upset watch. We have trust and obey versus the solid rock and the solid rock has come out to an early commanding lead. Dustin, what can you see coming down the stretch for this, this matchup? I mean, pure simple, the solid rock rocks. I mean, it's, it's just a, what a jam, what a jam that song is. And uh, trust and obey. It's a great, a great song, but um, I think again, it's application is, um, it's a little bit bouncier of a song, so it, it, it doesn't fit into as many circumstances, I think, as Solid Rock would. The Solid Rock as an opening song, all the worship leaders, song leaders out there know what a great song to just just come out screaming at, at the very beginning. Um, on Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, and then throw a good modulation with the last chorus. Oh, man, people will just be, you could turn around and go home after this. There's no not even a sermon needed. Now, uh, Stephen, uh, do you think Hillsong's influence here is affecting the outcome with their adding of a chorus and making the song popular again? I think that's I think that that's somewhat likely. It's not even just Hillsong though. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who did it, um, but there's a version of "In Christ Alone" where I believe between the third and fourth verses they switch into the solid rock and it just explodes Mm. and it's insane and so i that kind of jumps off of a point that dustin made i think just in terms of using these songs in a church service uh you have a lot of flexibility with the solid rock it's great on its own and you can do a lot of great stuff with it on its own but you can also mold it into several other songs um and and make them and elevate them even further trust and obey you pretty much have to play on its own. It, it doesn't play well with others super well. I would even go so far as to say um, it doesn't always play well in a full worship service either. It's, it's pretty, it seems pretty uh, narrow in theme. Uh, and my thought too is just like, I don't know, trust and obey. It, it's, you listen to it and it's kind of like you're being parented um (laughs) yeah i i get that yeah uh whereas the solid rock you know it is kind of a response song it's very vertical um and very it's it's almost a hybrid of of declarative and uh responsive at the same time uh so i yeah i think there's more modern rendition for the solid rock like you mentioned jeremy hillsong did it couple other bands have either integrated it into other songs or done covers of it trust and obey you pretty much have to be in a in a very traditional church um to hear that one very much at all so kind, kind probably, of in the just as i am category a little bit a little bit a little bit i i and just to just to put a button on this uh one thing that you can do with uh solid rock that you can't do with trust obey is it started off with kind of a pinball wizard uh you know beginning That, that really, I mean, very pinball it, wizard. Yeah. It starts off pinball wizard. And I mean, it, Lord knows we need, we need a bit more of that. Uh, of course, if there's anything our churches are lacking, it's the who. Um, now, well, one thing before we get to some general thoughts, I thought this was interesting. Uh, there's a first round matchup. It's a number one versus a 16 amazing grace versus in the garden. Mm. I think we all know that in the garden doesn't stand a chance here. Uh, and, and very few hymns would against Amazing Grace, let's just be honest. But there are 10 people out there who voted for In the Garden. Uh, wh- what do you think is wrong with these people? 
Yeah, well, well, here's the thing, Jeremy. You've severely underestimated uh, a um, a it's swath. It's a funeral hymn. Uh, you, uh, there's a swath of people that this is their favorite song. I, I've done a number of funerals, and guess what? Yeah, guess what happens? They say, "What's the what's their favorite song?" In the garden. In the garden. In the garden. Um, Alan and, Jackson version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly like the 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 symptoms version that was in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, but, uh, but we can cut that out later if you need. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, there's something about the song in the garden. And, and what I would speculate is that, that it's the same thing that a lot of theologians have issue with this song is that there's a, there's a line that says, any walks with me, any talks with me. Now, if that song would have just said, um, and, you know, um, I recall scripture to mind, and he speaks to me, he speaks to me through his word. They, they, it, theologians would have been like, okay, that's good. But the, to conjure up this idea of, um, you know, the um, hearing voices in your head as you're wandering around your tomatoes um, is a little bit far from most. But also, I think what it does do is that it does touch into this intimacy aspect um, and there was a lot of songs that were written in the 17 and 1800s that were really these high songs like holy, 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 these soaring songs of God's transcendence. And I think what happened is there was a pendulum swing where they, they wanted some songs that were uh, in regards to the Lord's intimate in nature, his intimate imminence. And in the garden just kind of swung really far. Um, but I, I, there also is a sweet idea of somebody walking around while the dew is still on the roses, painting that picture and recalling to mind what the Lord has said as he spoke to you through his word and as you speak to him. There's something really sweet about that. And I think there's some people that um, that really speaks to so much so that they would throw amazing grace to the, to the curb for it. Well, and we can find out for ourselves because one of those freaks is right here with us. Stephen Duncan voted for In the Garden. Now expl explain your thoughts here. Interesting. Uh, and this is tough. Here's the thing. I hate that in the garden is a 16 seed and I couldn't stand to watch it just be executed by Amazing Grace because <laughs> honestly, Amazing Grace is probably at least final four bound. Like if we're just projecting this way out, like Amazing Grace is it, not It does going have to go to, through it as well, which is a challenge. That's going to be an, yeah, that's going to be an interesting, uh, I'm predicting an upset there. You think? Oh yeah, I think I think it as well is going to take down the giant of Amazing Grace. I think it could. I think it could. And you know, really, In the Garden is one of my favorite hymns for sure. And I love Amazing Grace. I think everyone likes Amazing Grace. Everyone knows Amazing Grace. Everyone's probably done Amazing Grace to death. But for a specific pocket of people that In the Garden really resonates with, I think it either kind of hits or it doesn't. Right. So if it hits, it gets in your soul and you just love it and you take it all the way. Amazing Grace. Um, it's it's so good that it's almost never great, if that makes sense. Um, Amazing Grace is like the Duke Blue Devils of this tournament, um, <laughs> like just consistently Agreed. solid, consistently solid, always churning out a, a decent little tournament run, you know, whatever. Uh, in the Garden is a is a very, uh, very good 16th seed. Um, and really the theological stuff isn't a big deal within the garden if you're not a hard line cessationist. So, I mean, you could have a few of those 10 that are just in that camp as well. So 
Well, for my part, I always had a difficult time understanding who in the world Andy was anyway. <laughs> Before we wrap things up now, uh, just want to see if there are any any final thoughts that you have over about the tournament itself or any other uh, matchups that you'd like to highlight. Steven, we'll start with you. Oh, do you have to? Um, I thought the six versus 11 over here of what a friend we have in Jesus and victory in Jesus was interesting. And I'd be curious to know what the numbers are on that because that that seemed like it was really close when I voted. And I think I went victory in Jesus on that one. Um, but man, I do love what a friend we have in Jesus as well. It, it kind of, it kind of comes down to, you know, the victory song. It's very triumphant versus again, similar in the same vein of in the garden, a very uh, intimate song. So right and now, get, what a friend we have in Jesus is leading 62 to 44. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a bigger spread than I would have expected. Yeah, that was a tough one for me. I mean, when I got to that one for the first round, I remember going, wow, I mean, I'm torn. I, I am torn here. Uh, and I, I, as much as I like victory in Jesus, uh, I did I did call what a friend here because of um, I, I could just see people resonating with this one quite a bit. Um, and what I, I, I would like to say, too, what's really something I would like to keep an eye on are which songs that are, are more verse chorus, verse chorus in nature, as opposed to just sheer verse. Uh, th this would be a good example. Uh, what a friend we have of Jesus is there's no chorus really there. Um, I'd be curious if there's any correlation there. And I'd also like to keep an eye on um, what um, what decades these songs were written, if there's going to be any correlation to specific time frames that the Lord just blessed beyond measure. Um, and certain songs rise to the top and that were uh, that were written and penned in specific uh, times in history. So that would be nice to keep an eye on. And then lastly, I would like to say, I would like to call this whole thing right here, right now, uh, if, if you don't mind uh it it as well is gonna it's gonna take it home and and, and here's here's my thoughts on that can, can we call can we call can we can we go ahead and call oh, yeah. the, the tournament go here's ahead and make thoughts. a fool of yourself all right here's here's my thoughts on it even though it's going to be up against amazing grace two seafaring hymns uh so if those of you who are familiar with the the background of both these songs uh it as well is was born out of a tragedy with horatio spofford losing his family at sea and then amazing grace and uh, being written um, and penned by john newton who was a, a slave ship owner um both coming out of the sea which is very interesting but i think the reason why uh, it as well is going to pull through is because of its chorus there is this beautiful echo moment on it as well it is well and then people get to echo it back and then they get to join together and now i've been doing music long enough to realize that people people really like that they're they, you know what we do in our church is we always have the ladies say the first it is well and the men do the uh, second as well we it, just expect it we love it and we love it. We just naturally go into it. And then I would also say it as well, too. I mean, all all of the verses of it as well are just I mean, each one of them is just is is wonderful. Whereas if you start getting into Amazing Grace, some of them start, you know, you're not even sure if this is a Christian song anymore. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a shot, shot from the, the seafaring bow towards Amazing Grace, I think. And here's another hot take. The reason I think people like Amazing Grace so much is because of the melody. And and, and if Amazing Grace does win, I will give it to the um, the. Um, 
the sort of um, folk melody that it has and that um, as what's actually pushing it through more than the lyrical content. Uh, but also too, I think a lot of people uh, are, are, are comfortable with the Amazing Grace because it doesn't push them too hard on certain, mm. certain areas. So mm. anyway, hot takes there. Hey, I think you might be right on that prediction. Uh, to take the win, I would watch out for greatest thy faithfulness over on the other mm -hmm. side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of there's a lot of love for that song. Um, and it, it might have the easiest road to the final four of all the times. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if it gets thrown up against something like Battle Hymn of the Republic, it's just an easy win <laughs> to the the elite eight there. Um, yeah. It's watch out for greatest thy faithfulness. It is. It is. Um, how Great Thou Art is going to make a deep run. I don't know if it has the legs mm. to even make it all the way to the final four. Now, real quick, um, Stephen, hold on, though. How Great Thou Art is actually in the CCLI Top 100 songs today. Like, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it is up there. Yeah. No, it, it has the recognition. I just don't know if it has the legs to beat out mm the rest of these i don't it, know it would have to go through emotional resonance it has to go through the bottom part of their quadrant of the bracket which contains a mighty fortress all creatures mm. of our god and king before the throne of god above those are some strong hymns those are yeah especially a mighty fortress uh i mean mm -hmm. not only is it a good song i mean just with a name like that you're rooting for it <laughs> i think i think it'll depend on the audience but a mighty fortress could be a sleeper to make it really far um, though, though again it depends I mean, on how many reformers show up to this that's exactly right that's exactly right and and, and another thing is is that mighty fortress is, is not a a, a a real song you think of when you think of a band um, mm -hmm. um we, we do a rendition an organ at, <laughs> we do a rendition at our church it's a little bit more a jamming um than most uh but it, that song will actually increase the testosterone levels of all the men with an earshot now, let me, let me ask this just real quick as we wrap up. How much do you think it might play into this? Uh, well, it's where it's maybe more well-known that the person who wrote the hymn had some sort of falling away. When you think of Come Thou Fount and even mm. It Is Well, mm. Horatio Spofford didn't, didn't cross the finish line standing up straight. And so uh, as mm. we think about the background of these songs, I, I think Come Thou Fount is probably more well-known do you think that'll become a factor down the stretch where, okay, we're down to eight hymns or, or whatever. Uh, hey, why would you vote for this song that was written by a heretic? Wow. Wow. Good, good point. I mean, the, I think of the song, There's a Fountain. Um, uh, another one that, uh, who, who, who wrote that one? That's, um, oh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can, now. I can find it out in a matter yeah, of months. Find send that out to our research your... team. Yeah, yeah send <laughs> it to the research team. Please, uh, while we navigate our tools. The author of There is a Fountain, William Cowper. William Cowper, yeah. His story is really, he was in, I think, a, a psych ward. And um, so it, it's quite a, quite amazing. Though, I I mean, I feel like it as well has the most, uh, most well-known uh, background story. And with a name like Horatio, how can you be <laughs> mad at the guy? I mean, it, it's like... Uh, We're getting pretty superficial here in our later analysis, Dustin. I'm, I'm telling you. Horatio. I'm telling you. I'm telling I'm telling you, people, when they, if you were to say, hey, what do you think about Horatio Spofford, the guy that, won it, or that wrote it as well, they would, they, they would, they would probably have warm feelings towards him. So I, 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 I very highly doubt that anybody knows enough of his story to be like, man, 
yeah, I really liked that song until I, I found out he, you know, didn't finish well. I'm in the same, I'm in the same camp there. I don't, I don't think that's going to play a huge effect at all. It does depend on your audience, but really as far as the authors of songs, I don't see that that really makes a huge difference to just everyday church people, even, you know, modern. I know there's a, a lot of conversation about, well, should churches sing Hillsong or Bethel or uh, Elevation type music? That's a very like... Well, we know the question is you know, no. <laughs> right. But that's a very like... <laughs> The pastors are talking about that. The worship leaders are talking about that. But as far as the congregation, it's going to be on a playlist. They're going to be listening to it and they're not going to think twice about it because it it takes them where they want to go. So I I don't see that playing a role, whether or not it should, that's a different conversation. But as far as the tournament goes, I don't think that that's going to make a huge impact, especially if it's these juggernauts when they get late in the game. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we thank you both Dustin and Steven for joining us today and, and helping us get some little analysis of these things today. We're excited to see how the rest of this tournament shakes out. And for those who are viewing, we encourage you to follow like the do theology Facebook page so that you can follow along with this tournament and cast your vote every step along the way. So for Jeremy and Ken, we thank Steven and Dustin once again, signing off. See you next time. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun.